Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos. we got an amazing episode coming up in about 30 seconds. But first, got to talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. They are the number one source for all your sports betting this season, every season, any season. They have the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline with live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport. So what are you waiting for? Head to BetOnline.ag right now and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive that reward. BetOnline, where the game starts ladies and gentlemen so happy we're talking nfl draft right here we're talking bears off season and what better to have a first time guest a guy who i've had wanted to have on the show for a very very long time you might remember him from chicago audible but now he's doing amazing work for chgo we're also going to talk a little bit about his making the case videos which i've been watching on the regular it is will dewitt welcome will Joey, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate the shout out to the Chicago Audible days. Always puts a smile uh, on my face. Obviously, a chapter of my life that I'm more than proud of, and glad that you've been, you know, paying attention since then. And uh, yes, yeah, CHGO has been a great venture, and excited to hop on your show and talk some more Chicago Bears. I can never get enough of it, honestly. And look, if the Chicago Bears are going to make it happen, they're going to make sure every single day there's something else to talk about because <laughs> this has been one of the most uh, we, we said highly anticipated offseason, Will, but really this has been information-wise, entertainment-wise, just something new every single day. Ryan Poles is giving us the goods, and you are right in the center of it. And I did want to ask you because, you know, we had Nick Mariano. He is a friend of the pod, uh, your partner from Chicago Audible. I mean, are you able to reflect it all? You know, the Chicago Audible days, the CHGO now, it's been quite a ride, man. Um, you know, how do you reflect on that and then – you're sitting right here in the center with a franchise quarterback like Justin Fields, NFL draft, NFL offseason. I mean, what an adventure, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like when I started the Bears Brothers podcast in 2015, you know, the original name of Chicago Audible. Wow. Never I did not know that. Trivia question. Did not know That's, that. The NFL after three seasons said no more. Uh, we got a little <laughs> bit too big. The Bears had that, as we know, 2018 was a very special season here in Chicago. And mm -hmm. around week 12, they slapped a subpoena on me overnight from Times Square, New York, into my uh, front porch the very next morning. And, uh, yeah, they were taking it very uh, seriously. But never thought I I'd be sitting here seven, eight years later still talking about the Bears. It's just something I want to do for fun. And yet again, you know. The support has always been there. Uh, I think that uh, it's just been a great ride, and I'm excited to see this new chapter. It definitely has been an adjustment from, you know, hobby to kind of like a full time job and responsibility. But that's kind of badass to be able to like par carve your own path, make your own way, uh, do it with someone who I all you know have the utmost respect for. And Nick, uh, he and I have always been. Uh, you know, great partners, and I literally found him on YouTube uh, doing the same thing in a dorm room. I was like. I need this guy on my show and everything happens for a reason. I saw his videos pop up for a reason. And now we're like best friends. It's amazing what the internet can do. And honestly, a shared love of the Chicago bears. It's been a great ride. Well, from the uh, audience perspective, from me ingesting your content, um, you know, you could see that the hard work is there. Um, you can see that you guys put a lot of time into it. The grind is definitely there. We can tell that you guys are passionate and that you guys are love it. But, man, Will, I just think you have wonderful perspectives, man. And I think that hard work obviously comes together. And then you're able to, you know, really crystallize and be very clear with your thoughts and your feelings and help educate Chicago Bears fans. And that's why I love these Making the Case videos you guys have been doing for CHGO recently. For my audience, if you haven't checked them out, head to YouTube. I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong, Will. There may be anywhere between four to eight-ish minutes breaking down different players in the NFL draft, and you guys make the case why they could possibly be, you know, the right size for the Chicago Bears uh, when they're trying to, you know, find different people to put the shoes on uh, when the NFL draft comes around. So if you can, uh, you know, we're about a month away from the NFL draft. So tell me, in doing all these videos right now, how far along are you to really starting to come to some internal conclusions on your end of who you think the Bears need to target in a month from now in the NFL draft? Yeah, you know, not to like completely pull the curtain, uh, but those were all recorded in one day and it was about a month oh, ago already. Nice. Yeah, it was a long couple hours in the studio with Nick. I made the trek up to Chicago and, uh, you know, we had a list of about 20 guys and we spent a better part of two, two and a half weeks researching these guys before the combine. And about a week before we sat down, recorded all those videos. But obviously, Joey, the work never ends. And since for agency, 
needs have changed. They kind of shifted, but also have they offensive tackle edge defensive tackle still remain yeah. the big three right now. And I think that kind of keeps things, you know, interesting, uh, even though the bears are now picking at number nine, I didn't expect them to pick number one overall, but also if you would have asked me three weeks ago, if they would have dropped to nine, I probably would have said, no, they're probably going to pick in the top five still. So things are consistently changing, but I'm feeling good about where the bears are at on the board, how the board should potentially, you know, potentially fall. And some guys that I wouldn't mind seeing at nine, maybe even another trade down scenario, depending on how things kind of shake out. But I'm keeping things kind of rather open and I'm excited to see what, you know, the man himself, Ryan Poles has up his sleeves because there's a lot of options for him right now. A lot of paths he can follow. And I feel like it's not going to be as, you know, cut and paste clear and dry as maybe we expect it to be. I mean, Ryan Poles keeps it interesting, right? And he has a sign on his front door that says, I am open for business um, at all hours. Call me at any time. Uh, It doesn't really seem to matter. And yeah, as you mentioned, you know, for Chicago bears fans, you know, at this point, I think it is a presumptive notion to say that the first, you know, at least three quarterbacks are going to be gone before pick nine, probably a fourth quarterback gone before pick nine, which means you're going to have a choice at your top five or six um, non-quarterback players um, in this draft coming up. I want to ask you, you mentioned Ryan Poles, and, you know, this is a broad question. You can take it however you want, but we talk a lot about, we've been using the phrase consistently, Ryan, Pale, Ryan Poles is building this organization the right way. So, Will DeWitt, what does that mean to you? And the follow-up question is, is there multiple ways to build an organization the right way, or is there only one right way? I'm sure there's a plethora of ways you can build an organization. Thank right? God. Thank God. <laughs> if there's only one way, then, like, what's the job there for? Like, you would just know what you have to do and then just do it. But, obviously, you bring someone in to have a creative approach and put their own kind of twist on things. But, no. Building it the right way uh, is really something that resonates with me. And what it means, Joey, at least to my perspective, is that he's just very calculated, but also kind of aggressive, uh, which is something that I really respect out of him right now. You know, to trade that first pick so soon because he had that conviction, that gut feeling like I I need to do this. He got that flyer and DJ Moore, which uh, hopefully we have some time to talk about him here uh, while I'm on. You got the wide receiver one. Uh, I like when you read about him bringing in Justin, showing him the draft board, like, hey, if I don't get you help, like I saw that article about last year, like if I don't get you help and round two, man, don't worry. It's just because of the board. It's not because of you. I think that's a really humanistic approach uh, to go about it, but He's just so calculated and he brought in, you know, when he got here, it was like a very messed up cap situation. The other Ryan, Ryan Pace, obviously he put all of his eggs in that 2018 basket and tried to do some patchwork after the fact. And it really wasn't working and hence why we're on this new venture, but calculated in free agency, not really overspending, not reaching for need has been something I've seen, whether it be last year in free agency, last year in the draft uh, and kind of allowing this team to organically grow and organically develop. And I like there's all, you know, the free agent signing has been good. We talked about those big needs that haven't been filled yet. And everyone's like, what is he doing? Well, he's not reaching. He's not going to overpay. And he's thinking about the long-term and setting up this team for success and not spending all the money and not mortgaging the future with draft picks. He's actually trying to doing the opposite, which is accumulating more draft picks. I've, Knowing that we have two firsts next year, another second, and another second 2025, it just blows my mind. Like, we're having additional cap space. And ever since I've been covering the Bears, watching them growing up, I feel like we've always been starved for, like, draft capital. And for the first time forever, like, we have <laughs> we have an abundance of picks. And that just gives you so many options, whether it's in the draft, moving up and down the board, trading for different players who are already in the league. Like, Ryan Pulse is giving himself a lot of power and flexibility and understanding this QB, you know, the Justin Fields and his rookie contract in that window. He's not trying to do it too soon. I think he's really setting up for a really big push 2024, 2025. And I'm excited to see those next steps pan out. I'm going to be patient, uh, but also I see the blueprint already in the works with some of those blue chip players, some of those guys you can build around be part of the core, like Edmonds and Edwards and yeah, yeah everyone like that. Um, yeah, a couple of things about what you just said. First of all, the, the, with, yeah, with the Ryan Pace in 2018, I think the, the problem with that was he rewarded everyone after one great season with contract extensions. Mm. You know, you get one, you get one, you get one. I mean, you know, we don't even think about the tragedy of Tariq Cohen's career, right? But those, that's all money that flew out the window during that time. And yeah, that's so funny when you go back to what, 2008, 2009, 
That's 14 years. And what, maybe four or five of those years we don't have a first-round pick because of the Jay Cutler deal and the Khalil Mack yeah. trade? So we're not used to it, right? And then I had on um, I had on Ill Will yesterday. We were talking Chicago Bears, and then we started going through the Mark Columbos, the Gabe Karimis, the Chris Williams mm-hmm. of the world, and just all these picks that di- like disappear into the ether that don't feel like first-round picks either, right, Will? Because they don't work out, right? So yeah. the, the Kevin Whites of the world, did we have a first round pick that year? Like does that the even... Trubisky's and like the <laughs> trading for that. And then like him as a player too, wasn't enough. And it's, it's been a damning situation, but I, <laughs> I think we're finally, I pray that we're past it. And it feels like we are. It's just one of those things like historically, I feel like you have to let it kind of like play out, but Paul seems like he has his head on right and isn't going to mortgage the future, you know, for those sorts of reasons, hopefully. Yeah, and I think the biggest part that you brought up, which which is something that I didn't really expect, and this is what I was talking about when, you know, what is the right way? What does that even mean? And, you know, you naturally just think it's just you build through the draft for four or five years like a Detroit Lions team, and maybe you have enough of collection of talent that you can actually make a run at it. But I really like what Ryan Poles is doing where, A, you talked about that draft capital, which I try and explain to Bears fans all the time that that doesn't necessarily mean that's a draft pick of the future. That can turn into an established NFL player. Those mm-hmm. first round, those second round picks, those are hot commodities. If you ever wanted to, you know, throw out, throw out a name, Stefan Diggs. If you ever wanted to get in the market for a player like that, that's what it is going to take. So I do like that they are stocking up on that front. And then on the other end, I just didn't realize that, you know, it is a nuanced approach to say we walk into this offseason and you and me are both screaming offensive line, defensive line. Right. And if the value isn't there for Ryan Poles, he still knows that we need to help out other areas of the team. So let's get really great at this other area, even though it isn't our biggest need. And we will slowly find the right moment to attack and hopefully spend the money where we need to. And that could possibly be coming up in the draft here. In terms of free agency, you know, is there a particular addition that really stands out to you right now as a highlight from uh, this last collection of pieces that they picked up? Does DJ Moore count, Joey? Does he count as free agency? It's he kind of is, right? He's a new guy coming in. Uh, Two year deal, seventeen million a year, right? I mean, it's it's no one's talked about it, but I remember what happened to this Bears team the last time we brought in a high ticketed wide receiver from the Panthers and Musa Muhammad. And obviously, his career in Chicago wasn't like fantastic. But in the mid 2000s, like the Bears didn't have receivers in general. Like we were a running team and we all know how anemic those offenses were. How Leave Johnny Knox change. alone. Leave Johnny well, Knox alone. <laughs> he was later in the 2000s. He wasn't like <laughs> mid 2000s. But, no, for sure. but yeah, like the Bears went to the divisional round and then they go to the Super Bowl right after. Like, I mean, history tends to repeat itself. But when you look at just DJ Moore and where he's at in his career, and a lot of people mention like, finding that guy for Justin Fields. And I think the Bears have finally found a way to get that done. Very similar to A.J. Brown, very similar to Stephon Diggs. Whether you're looking at their age, uh, at the time of moving on to their next teams, whether you're looking at their production, like when you look at Diggs in Minnesota, he had a very similar kind of like stat lines that Moore was putting together in Carolina. Mm -hmm. Same thing with A.J. Brown uh, over there in Tennessee before he goes to Philadelphia. And then when they finally get paired with that QB, that young ascending talent, whether it be Allen, whether it be Hurts, man, they just take off to that next level. And I think D.J. Moore checks every single box, the same ones that those two players did for their guys. And I just get a lot of hope and excitement uh, that he can have that same sort of impact here in Chicago. That just gets me really excited. And that's probably why he's like my favorite out of the bunch. But uh, if you look at actual free agencies, uh, like those signings, Nate Davis, Demarcus Walker, and Andrew Billings, like all three of those intrigue me because they're value buys. Like you're getting very similar production. And like, if you like PFF grades, I do. And I don't. Uh, very similar to some of the high-end free agents, like uh, Nate Davis was very similarly graded to Ben Powers. We got him for $21 million less dollars, and their pressures allowed are like nearly identical. Like That's a great bargain buy. And then Walker and Billings, you combine them, and they're one damn good defensive end or defensive tackle, And but you have to pay two guys, and it's still cheaper than a lot of those contracts for those big ticketed items, but you have a run stuffer in Billings, you have a pass rusher in Walker. And I think that just helps this bears. We all know how bad that defensive line was last year uh, in a very cost effective way. Not that you can always go cost effective, but I think it's a good like way to like, I like to say raise the floor for this team next year as you continue to be patient to find that big ticketed, that blue chip player at the position. 
Yeah, and I think Ryan Poles is looking at this as, you know, let's maybe, if we can't necessarily, as you're talking about floors, raise our talent floor, let's raise our depth mm-hmm. floor, right? Let's have pieces. Because, exactly. you know, you, you get an opportunity, I get an opportunity, we both get a chance to talk to former Bears defensive end Corey Wooten, co-host here on Believe in Bears. And what he talks about all the time is what made those 4-3 defenses in Lovey's system, and honestly, he calls it Rod Marinelli's system. In that Tampa 2, <laughs> what made it really work is that you have a rotation, Will, of 6-7 defensive linemen moving in and out so you have the Corey Wootens the Mark Andersons the Roy Robertson Harris's of the world coming in and picking up those extra five or six sacks and of course it is eventually you do you do need that linchpin right whether it is that three tech or whether it is that right defensive end which is Corey's preference but if you have enough depth in there you can create enough production you know to, to be serviceable right and I think after last season from the Chicago Bears defensive line I think serviceable is a market improvement yeah it, it really will be. And uh, again, like when you look at the contracts being signed, like I, I know the bears have like the most money to spend and they still do by a large margin. Uh, but we talked about building this team in the right way. And if it means you have to wait a year for free agency and you draft a guy now and you hope that he could develop. And if not, then you can go back into the market, see how it shakes out. Like the bears having the most cap right now is really intriguing because there's still so much dead money sitting there. I yeah. think in 2023, there's $20 million of just dead money going to Robert Quinn, Danny Trevathan, Nick, Nick Foles Mario still? Edwards. I didn't see him on the list, okay. but Tariq Cohen, we're still paying him. Same thing mm-hmm. with Mario Edwards. And all four of those guys, he added up at about $20 million that still can't even be used this year, which gets freed up for 2024's offseason. So if you can end this free agency still with the most capital and you know you're going to get that boost, man, like you can go in another year ready to lock and load and still have all that flexibility and freedom and, and be able to pick your spots yet again. It's just a really new and refreshing place to be in, like as you watch this Bears team get built. Is Lamar Houston still on there? My God, man, what's going on? <laughs> it's some old school stuff. Uh, I want to go back to DJ Moore just really quickly. Um, then mm-hmm. I do want to move over to the NFL draft. Uh, DJ Moore, I think... You know, from a fantasy perspective in seasons past, and I think maybe from Chicago Bears fans still trying to get to know DJ Moore, help us learn a little bit where I think the biggest criticism on him is some people that disagree or agree that he does not have top end speed. Mm. Um, He is not a burner, if you will. Um, For you as a number one wide receiver in this offense, the type of game that he plays, is that something? Is that nothing? Um, and what else does he maybe bring to the table that makes up for maybe that, why that criticism is out there? Yeah, uh, I don't think to be a wide receiver one, you need to be a burner. I, I think you need some of those guys on your team to stretch the defense, put them in conflict, uh, whether it be vertical or horizontal. But what I love about DJ Moore is just that route running prowess. And that's how he makes up for the lack of that top end speed. He's quick in, in and out of his breaks. Uh, and he just is such a nuanced route runner. He's been around the league for so long now, and he's only gotten better. And I feel like, like I mentioned earlier, he's going to probably take the next step here in Chicago, but he just knows how to get open. He knows how to read defenses, find soft spots and zones. He knows how to beat, you know, man coverage too. He just gets open. And Justin Fields having a first read that, hey, he's probably going to be open is going to make his life so much easier where he's not going to have to go. Like, I mean, let's be honest, last year in the receiver group, after Mooney goes out, like you didn't, even with Mooney, like you can still say borderline one, uh, but without Mooney, like you look around, like he's probably going, oh crap, like where am I going to go with this? But like now yeah. with having a DJ Moore, like he can be like either Fields can look at him and go, all right, I'm going to go here if he's open and he's probably going to be open so he can feel confident going into that snap. Or if he's like a second or third read in that play, like you have someone that should be able to find some separation and just give you some like a security blanket. He moves the chains a ton, uh, Moore has, and he's been like a top 12 borderline receiver over the past few years. And who's been playing quarterback in Carolina? Like, honestly. Well, PJ Walker, our new backup quarterback, XFL, XFL gem, uh, which will a strange <laughs> note. I actually covered the XFL that season. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wow. I know all about, I was like TJ Walker, Cam Phillips, Donald Parham, like all these guys. I mean, it's just so happy to now see them in the NFL. And no, look, you're bringing up a great point. The word that you use that really stuck out to me there is confidence. Mm. And, and don't mistake bears fans. This isn't about Justin Fields overall confidence. It's that when you're playing and you get to post snap, you know, that first look, right, of what you think you should be seeing, either from the defense or from w- what your wide receivers are, you have to have to kind of know whether you're going to have the confidence to throw it to that first look or whether you need to move through your progression. 
And I feel like even that first year with a guy like Allen Robinson, I mean, Will, am I wrong that Allen Robinson isn't necessarily a first look, I'm wide open kind of guy? I mean, I feel like Mitch made his money just kind of closing his eyes and throwing it to Allen and being like, hey, man, come up with this ball. And more often than not, he did. And that's a testament to Allen Robinson's talent. But I don't think Justin Fields has ever had a player anywhere close to the caliber of DJ Moore. He had Allen Robinson in checked out mode, right? Like Allen Robinson was already like, I'm moving on from the city, this team. And like, he wasn't the same Allen Robinson that we saw in 2018, cut fresh off the contract, ready to prove himself coming off of that injury. So yeah, I don't think he's had anyone of this caliber and he's going to help, you know, not just Fields, but he's going to help Darnell Mooney go back into a more natural role. And it's going to be a really good trickle down effect here. And uh, on top of that, you talk about like routes and having options of routes, depending on how a defense plays you. Does Chase Claypool, does he really understand that? Does he have that complete route tree? Mooney, I'm sure, but he's still kind of new to the game. And when you bring in a veteran like Moore, you can have some of those extensions, some of those route options, depending on what you see post-snap. And as long as he and Justin are on the same page, like that should allow for some real easy completions, uh, you know, that we haven't seen in, you know, in years past. Yeah. And, and, and for my money, um, so, well, my wife's a Steelers fan. So the last four or five years of my life, I've pretty much watched every snap of the Steelers. So I've watched a lot of Chase Claypool and with <laughs> Chase Claypool. I mean, in my opinion is you, you do have to a lot of do a lot of pre-cooked stuff with him. And we try to see that a little bit bubble screen, get the ball into his hands quickly, maybe a fast little end around. Other than that, it is kind of a one look, throw it up 50, 50 ball. Um, and that's kind of chase Claypool's style. I think he's going to help out a lot in the red zone, but in terms of like actually dialing something up and making him, you know, the key read on a particular play, I, I personally don't see it right now. I think he is easily the third option on the team. And I think if we draft someone, I think he could even be more of a fourth option, a guy who maybe doesn't catch a lot of passes, but he goes like two for 57 and a touchdown. You know what I mean? That, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. I see that for him. I would not be opposed to that for hopefully a little bit more, you know, consistency, right. And getting a little bit of a deeper stat line would be great, but also just having players like that, uh, there's a room for them uh, on your roster. Now, is it worth that second round pick and maybe an extension? We'll get there. We'll see exactly how it all shakes out. But you mentioned red zone, and I do think another free agent target, or I guess signing now that the Bears got in Robert Tunyon uh, is going to be really interesting in that area of the field. If you go back just a handful of years ago, he was a top five tight end in the red zone. And Cole Komet this year was a top tight end in overall like scoring production. And for a guy who didn't score the season before, it was a great turnaround for him. Excited to see exactly how he can build upon it. But actually having another big body tight end who can also make defenses sweat a bit down there is going to just open more things up, whether it be the running game, whether it be the receivers, or even Cole Komet. Like, it's going to make things easier. And if you look at DJ Moore, if you look at Tunyon, you look at Nate Davis up front, there, there have been signings that should make Justin Fields' life a little bit easier next year. It's just I think we all know there's a little bit more work to be done. And and that might be the most exciting part about this Bears offense is maybe, I don't know if the consistency is going to iron itself out next year, but there is a world where, I mean, Justin Fields was lethal in the red zone last year. I mean, if you look at the numbers, the numbers bear that out. You're adding more of these pieces. You're adding more big bodies and just another maturation year for Justin Fields. I mean, I think that could be something. And I think that's something that the Chicago Bears is a history have struggled with is, is red zone offense. Um, you know, through all the different iterations that we've had in the past years. And I think that that could be a huge uh, boon for us moving forward. If we can just cash in, turn touchdowns, make it touchdowns instead of field goals, something that we've struggled with in the past couple of years. Will, I got to move on to the NFL draft. Um, I do want to get some player profiles from you, but let's just start with the player profile that everyone's talking about. Um, where do you stand right now? Right now, today, late March, month to go on the Jalen Carter situation. I think I'm I'm out of it. Like I I think I'm moving on, and I don't know if it's fair to him. I know he's going through a lot, and uh, but based off of like you know the information that we've we have on the whole situation, that pro day was so bad, and I think that was like his one chance to like really redeem himself. And when you look at him going through some of those drills, and like I'll be frank, it looked like he was half-assing him, and I know he was going. Like I said he's dealing with a lot. It just it really kind of turned me off. Now, could he still turn out to be like one of the best talents in this draft? Sure, but man, why I don't do you know think he went? Why did why did he go? What, what what do you think it was that that compelled him or his team that compelled him to say just just go? 
You know what I mean? I, I don't get it. I wish I knew. I, I wish yeah. I knew. It just did not do him any favors whatsoever. And, uh, you know, as a human to another human, like I kind of feel for the guy because you go from like, hey, I may be the first overall pick to like, who the hell knows now uh, with him. But I personally, I I don't think I would touch it. I don't know if the risk outweighs the reward right now. And I think there's some other players, uh, whether it be at nine, whether you trade down just a little bit more that you can probably have way less risk and that you're not going to get the same reward of like maybe like the top three tech in the draft, but like you're still going to make this team a lot better. And Ryan pulls right now. He can't miss. Uh, like you don't yeah. want to miss uh, right now after you trade down, you get all this extra draft capital. The worst thing I think would be like, Oh, I botched that pick. Like, I think that could be like, you know, a little bit of a stain on his resume that I don't think he uh, would want right now, especially like, I think it's a pivotal draft for this rebuild. And if you hit on this draft in the same, you know, in the same way, like he hit on those first two picks last year in the second round, because I'm a big fan of Gordon, big fan of Brisker. You bring another guy in who can make an impact like that out of the gate, if not even more so, because they're having a top 10 pick, then like he's going to really start to be seen. And I think respected a little bit more around the league. Yeah, there's a risk analysis going on right now with him, Will. And I think it's, it's obviously warranted from everything that we know with him legally going on. Um, and I'm not asking you to spill the tea, but are you at least able to confirm that there are um, that there's information out there about Jalen Carter, about a little bit about his personality, um, a little bit more about the off the field stuff? Are you kind of sort of are you familiar with some of that things? And can you confirm that that stuff is real without specifically saying what exactly that is? That that there are other red flags beside him, besides him um, in the headlines speeding and the tragic accident with his teammate and uh, that teacher. I think I know as much as you know. I think okay. I'll just leave it at that. I don't think I know anything additional that I can like bring up here or just like you know back it up. Yeah. Uh, I, I just kind of hear the same rumblings you do, and you know this time of year it's so hard to decipher what's real and what's not. And I feel like it gets more difficult uh, every single year uh, now with like how social media works and continues to evolve. But yeah, I don't think I have anything to add on that. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. And the, the thing that I I'm trying to be really careful with is the dude's 21 years old. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know what I mean? And and that and that's the that's the really, really hard part is that um and and I'm not I, I won't do a specific, but you know, if you hear a rumor that the guy is an asshole, um, you can also say to yourself, Well, he's also twenty one years old. Um I wasn't right, like, like the nicest person on the galaxy. And I hear a lot of people also saying, you know, this thing about like, you know, if you have the biggest interview of your life and this is going to be millions of dollars you know you would show up and you would do this and honestly at 21 years old you still there are people that blow opportunities like that all the time that still turn it around and mature and become the human beings that they're always meant to be or the human beings internally that they want to be but they can't because of weird pressures and attitudes and you know all that different kinds of stuff so it's hard to make sense out of it but i'm kind of with you will the the risk analysis for where the chicago bears are right now for where Ryan Poles is right now, I think that's probably having me lean further away from from taking a chance on him. It's just it's just interesting how quickly things can change. Like a month ago to the date, if we would say you can take Jalen Carter at nine, would you do it? What what happened? Absolutely, well done, exactly. But now it's like I don't know, I don't, and I think uh, very much like you. Like was I proud of who I was when I'm 21? Not so much, and I'm grateful that I've grown a lot since then. And I wish him the best on that and hope he can kind of have the same thing, but he's just a kid really like 21. You're in college. Like, I mean, you're, you're just a kid in so many ways and still maturing. And like I said, from one human to another, I, I feel for him. Uh, but if you're looking at building a football team, like I, it's just not where I would go right now. Yeah. And then the other one that I thought about just really quick, and I don't know if anyone else is talking about it. So I want to ask you, we all talk about how important three tech is in this defense, right? Um, is it more important to have the one guy in the three tech or is it more important to maybe what Ryan Poles is trying to do is trying to find a collection of people that can play that role in different down and distances in different game situations in the moment. The only reason why I bring this up is because as a Chicago bears fan, I know what happens when Tommy Harris is out. Mm -hmm. I know what happens when Akeem Hicks all of a sudden can't play the defense looks drastically different. So, I mean, I know that we want to put importance on the three tech, but maybe it's better to just find a couple of guys instead of the guy. Well, I think in theory, you can look at that. I look at it in terms of if you have a few of those guys, you can be, you can be good, 
Um, but if you want to be great in this league, you do need that guy. blue chipper, that Akeem Hicks who can go out there and change plays. Akeem Hicks, like amazing against a run. Like good luck running over there. And of course he had Mac next to him, so that helps a lot. Uh, but also just a tear at getting after quarterbacks when he was here in Chicago. And that was just so much fun and really changes the game and changes the way offenses have to think about attacking you on defense. Where if you have some of those more role-playing guys, I feel like the offense is going to go in there feeling like, okay, well, we have this plan. We don't need to worry about those players. We just need to execute. But you want that game changer that they have to worry about and plan around. And I think that on defense, that makes your job a lot easier. But right now, what Poles is doing, what I believe is, is being himself in a spot where if it doesn't happen this offseason, they'll be fine. Uh, and the quest to find that blue chipper to make them great. Let's move on to the NFL draft. I want to get your take on a couple of players. We're going to do a little bit of an either or here coming up. Let's start on the defensive side of the ball. Um, let's let's role play, Will. Uh, it's draft night. You are on Ryan Poles' staff. You've been up all night. It's like in Powell 13. You've been on like the cot sleeping at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Someone walks in with a flashlight in your eyes. How long have you been sleeping? An hour. They give you some coffee. They tell you, Will, look, we need to take one of these defensive guys at 9. It's happening. That's what Poles wants. He wants, and this is because it's not with his value board, but whatever. We're still playing the game. Um, and so I'm going to throw some guys at you right now. Um, Tyree Wilson, Brian Breesey, Lucas Van Ness, all on the board at nine. We've made the decision. We want to go with the defensive front. Out of those three players right now, who would you be leaning towards? Who do you like the most? And also why? Sure. Man, Wilson at nine would be, I think, a really interesting development come to that draft night because you know there are mock drafts out there to have him going in the top five you just never know where he's going to go and if you would have asked me this a few weeks ago i probably would have told you tyree i i really like his size i i, I think he has all the physical makeup uh, that you want and your you know four three defensive end and Ibraflus's scheme but there's something that your co-host Corey wooten told me at the nfl combine that once he told me and i went back I can't unsee it, and he just doesn't, doesn't have that elite burst uh, off, and, mm -hmm. off that line. And he can be you know, big and imposing, but if you're a little slow off of the snap, you're always going to be at a disadvantage. And that's the one thing about Wilson, that if he doesn't have that elite burst, I'm starting to get a little bit more concerned than maybe I was a few weeks ago. Uh, so for me, uh, right now, I'm, I'm looking at Lucas Van Ness because he has, he has that, that burst. burst. That's yep. his thing. Like He has the burst off the line. He's a strong dude, really strong lower body. And Wilson and Van Ness, I think Wilson may have right now more polished like pass rush moves, but Van Ness going into the next level, I feel like Eberflus would be able to coach him up and help him kind of get that repertoire in place and allow him to kind of like utilize that burst. And he doesn't even need a full repertoire because if he does have that burst off the line, he's always going to have leverage. And by having leverage, it makes his job so much easier and he could be he can become like an all pro here at the NFL. A lot of people think so. It's just a matter of like tapping into potential and having him grow more. And I just he's built like a Greek god. I think they call him Hercules there uh, at <laughs> Iowa. So like I don't know. That sounds really intriguing too. But having that burst off the line to immediately get uh, that leverage, uh, whether it be going after QBs or even in the running game, I, I think could be a difference maker. And yeah, I, I think Van Ness is where I would go right now if it was between those guys. Um, yeah, it's it, there's like a Marvel universe going on right now. Will Anderson's the Terminator. Lucas Van Ness is the Hercules. I mean, this NFL draft, everyone, <laughs> this NFL draft has everything right now. Um, and uh, my other point, too, was, uh, yeah, if uh, you're on Believing Bears right now and you hear the word Kalijah Kansi from Corey Wooten, you take a drink. Uh, here we go. Love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, my, my final one on Lucas Van Ness, just really quickly, um, didn't start high production. Um, how do you make sense of that? Is that, a, is that a coaching philosophy at Iowa? Maybe this is a question for Nick Mariano. I'm not so Maybe sure. That's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> but but, um, but uh, is, is, that, is that a criticism or is that actually maybe more of a compliment to Lucas Van Ness's game for that production value um, even without starting? I mean, I always look at like pass rush pr productivity on like on a per snap basis. Like if, if they had a specific role for him at Iowa and like he excelled, obviously he excelled in it. Great. I wish, you know, we can talk to the coaches and get a little bit more uh, about the lack of role. But I mean, even Tyree Wilson, starter, 
but his production isn't nearly what you would think it would be for someone of his his stature side and in the Big 12 of all places too where you know they're passing all the time like get out there get after these quarterbacks and I, I just thought his sack totals his tackles for loss Wilson's would have been a little bit higher than they were so for Van Ness to have you know all that production and less snaps I, I think is a testament of who he can be at the player. And I don't think it means he can't play, you know, starter snaps here at the next level. Talking NFL draft here with Will DeWitt. CHGO's Will DeWitt. Uh, let's move to the other side of the ball, offensive line. Um, this is probably my preference. It is really funny that at the beginning of the offseason, I mean, my personal internal thought was offense, 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 help Justin Fields. I do not care. Offense, 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 offense. I started looking at Will Anderson tape. We get the number one pick. I started going. <laughs> Will Anderson, huh? <laughs> and now we trade the pick. We're back at nine. And now I'm kind of, I'm personally maybe leaning a little bit more towards the offensive side of the ball. So we've got Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, Pete Skaronsky, all available, all available probably at nine. Maybe at least two of them will be available at nine. And even if the Bears trade back to, let's say, with the Titans at 11, the Commanders want to come up at 15, there's still a possibility that one of those guys will still be on the board. So out of those three, Will, who do you like the most? Who is the most upside? And who would you take? Man, they all are so different, different and intriguing and intriguing in so many different ways. Right now, and again, this is March 22nd, the day of this recording, Broderick Jones is what my gut tells me uh, that the Bears would be, uh, you know, someone they should be interested in. You, like you said, I think out of the three, if in a trade down situation, he'd be the most potential available guy. Like if you go down to 11 or 15, like I can see him being available. Uh, but he has like that elite athleticism that can really help this bears in that outside zone scheme. Uh, he has the nickname of sweet feet, uh, which I thought was really interesting when I saw that. Um, but I That's think such he's a, a loaded player. nickname. That's a loaded nickname. I don't know. If it is. It, yeah. <laughs> but he's like a good blend between Johnson and Skoransky. So like he's athletic like Skoransky, uh, but he has like the physical makeup more of like a, a Johnson. And I think with Skoransky, obviously he tested very well to combine. I think he actually exceeded my expectations. Uh, the first overall offensive tackle across the board on a lot of those drills. It's just a matter of, is he actually a tackle or is he a guard with the arm length? And I know like uh, on our show, like that's been a kind of a buzz thing this week. Like, what is it? And I feel like if he is a tackle, he's still going to be an exception to the rule. And if you're going to have a top 10 pick who you don't know is a tackle or maybe has side to guard, like, do you really want to get an inside interior offensive lineman? Like with the top 10 pick, I don't know if that value is there with the Broderick Jones, he's a tackle. Like he's going to be a tackle at the next level. And I love the athleticism. Uh, he can get out in space. He can get to reach those defenders in the next level. And, and I think he's polished enough where he can start and you don't have to worry about him day one, but also like still kind of raw enough that he can be, get, you know, really elevate his game to even bigger heights in, in the future. So he's someone I think right now, does, it's like really more, I'm like Ryan Poles, my gut, is Broderick Jones. Every time I look at like my little cheat sheet over here, my eyes go right to that name. Um, I, I, I love it. And the, the other part that I love, honestly, is that at pick nine, you are going to have the opportunity to probably have your choice of the top three offensive linemen on the board, which doesn't happen every single year. You usually see at least one guy off the board somewhere in the four top five area. Not the case this year because it's going to be quarterback heavy. Um, so I think it could be a great opportunity for the Chicago Bears. Um, two more for you. Um, hyperbole alley. I'm, I, I'm not, I think Tevin Jenkins future is fairly uncertain in Chicago. If I, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of my skis because again, we we're, we're, we're capping all this by saying that it's only March, but just based on the moves. And I think the moves that we're going to see in the draft, I still feel like that this coaching staff is trying to challenge Tevin. Mm -hmm. And I think that a starting role for Tevin is not guaranteed. I think let's just move Tevin Jenkins to right tackle. Um, I'm not buying it. I've heard from the great Tom Thayer on this show right here that says that he is a guard. And we saw that last year and he was able to perform well, whether he can stay healthy or not. Um, I, I, he could be traded. Well, I mean, honestly, if you're going to trade mm -hmm. Tevin Jenkins, now is the time to probably do it. Um, do you, what do you see for him moving forward? I mean, I don't, do you think that his name is penciled into the starting lineup right now? Or do you think this guy still has to go out there and earn it? I don't know. And I, when I look at what he did on the field last year, I don't know what more he could have done to 
showed that he is a capable guard here in the NFL. Like he played really well. He was pancaking guys. He, you saw that violent demeanor. And I know Poles loves that. Uh, I just feel for him because he doesn't even know. Like he's mentioned that time after time. Like, I don't know where I stand here as a coaching staff yeah. or the front office. And man, that sucks <laughs> to be honest. Like that would be a really bad position to be in for like a mental state, like not to know. And when you sign Nate Davis, who every single snap in his NFL career is right guard. And it would be real silly to sign this guy to a pretty good deal and say, okay, now you're going to move the left guard, even though you've never played it. Like, why would you do that? So to me, Nate Davis is your, your right guard. He has to be. So does seven Jenkins go to left? maybe like they, you know, they thought about that's maybe an, left that's tackle. an old, that's an old Chicago bears thing. Will that I, I don't buy with, and you talk to an offensive lineman and it's not easy as just snapping oh. your fingers, right? Lucas Patrick at left guard was awful. He's a better, mm -hmm. you know, there's a better center for a reason moving guys in different positions. I just, I, it, I get it, scared. I get, I get yeah. concerned. And Tevin's injury history too, unfortunately, I think it's starting to weigh against him right now because obviously he had the back issue his rookie year. And then last year he comes in and he gets banged up and isn't able to play as much as we would like him to see. And I think the bears are trying to make sure like they don't put all their eggs in that basket either, because as mm. talented as he can be and as much potential as we all know he has, can he stay healthy? Could he give you a full 17 game season? And if not, then you do have to make some of these other moves to make sure you're solidified up front because we know how important it is. And I appreciate that from Ryan Poles as much as it hurts me because I'm a big Tevin Jenkins fan. Uh, I really believe in his talents, but like you, it's the bears make it easy to question where he stands with them and they yeah. don't, they don't really clear it up. And it's been that way since literally last training camp. And it hasn't really, it hasn't changed. And when he was out there, he looked good. Uh, but their moves say, they're definitely weighing options. And that's really as far as I think we can go right now in, you know, late March. Yeah. Uh, tough love indifference, or, or maybe, you know, I haven't even thought about it. Maybe they are just hedging their bets because of the injury history. And, you know, you, you, there's a huge red flag with Tevin Jenkins just saying he's going to be our right guard for the next five or six years with the, with the neck and the back injuries that have yeah. happened so early in his career. And I think that's very fair uh, to contemplate at this time. We're going to get you out of here um, on some fun. Will, uh, I want to talk a little CHGO with you guys. Specifically, um, you guys have been last season, and I'm sure this season you're going to blow it out. These amazing tailgating events um, where CHGO members, um, the diehard membership package, uh, the diehard team can come out, all uh, commune, converse, and enjoy each, uh, each other's company before the Chicago Bears hopefully go out and win football games next year instead of maybe lose them by one score like they did last year. <laughs> um, so uh, when you're at a tailgate, well, let's just keep it simple, man. Like, uh, what's uh, what's your favorite food? What's your go-to tailgate food? Man, uh, you it's hard to beat a good brat with some spicy mustard and some onions and some peppers. That's That's, like, to me, like, off the top of my head, like that would be like my go-to grab something. And uh, obviously you can have a drink in one hand, that brat in the other, and you can go to town. So I think that's a good brat uh, is what I'm going to go with. What's your, because uh, it gets cold, it's freezing in Chicago. So what's your go-to um, attire? Are you like a four pants guy? Are you a long john guy? Are you a boots? Are you a long coat guy? Like how do you insulate yourself? There, there were times last year where I definitely did not do it well enough and i'm learning my lessons long johns probably should have been uh, a part of the equation a couple of times uh, but usually like a coat definitely a hat got to cover those ears and gloves and hand warmers uh, once we get to those later months uh once like, i feel like my hands or my feet get cold like the rest can get thrown out the window like i'm just never gonna feel uh great uh, so i've been definitely keeping like hand warmers in my pockets and i bring extras for people who kind of get in the same boat i am where like oh crap i forgot some gloves i just i'll pass <laughs> those out but yeah i think last year was a good learning experience and it's tricky for me because like nick and i are credentialed so we get to go to the game after the tailgate so we go to the tailgate uh, meet some fans for a while and then we have to go to soldier field set up in the press box so it's like you don't want to dress too warm where you're gonna be sweating for hours up there and exactly waddling <laughs> in with all those layers uh but at the same time you gotta stay warm outside so it's a very delicate balance i can just see you and nick getting on an elevator multi-layered and be like there's no more room take the next <laughs> elevator up we're too we're too set up yeah i know my, my wife makes fun of me all the time because i have a brian urlacher um, authentic with the the stitching. I have a home jersey that I bought once, 
and it's like XXL. And if I put it on right now, I look like a child in it. She's like, why did you do that? Did you think you were going to grow up and three, be 300 pounds? But no, it's because I want to wear the jersey over the nine or 10 layers. I had to think I had to think ahead of time on that one. Um, tailgate song. Do you have a tailgate? Is there tailgate music? Is there any anything that you like? What kind of music do you like to listen to maybe before you head down to Soldier Field? Um, it can be anything, right? I listen to Bob Seger while I cook Thanksgiving food. You know what I mean? It could be anything. What's your preference? Man, that's a great one. I We have a DJ, and I don't think we have a lot of control over the said DJ there. But like, if I can choose one song to play while I'm there, I would do the rock version of the Bear Down from the Suizos that we had from the Chicago Audible days on, on the intro and outro. Uh -huh. Because that thing rocks. And then it's actually like a two-part song, and it's very unknown, but it's Bear Down Chicago Bears is the second half, and the first one is uh, F Green Bay uh, is the first half of that song, which is, uh, I think it's Green Bay, you can go F yourself, if I remember correctly. Uh, it's been a few years, but that those two combined would, I think, pump myself and everyone in attendance would get pretty rowdy off of it. So I, I think that's pretty fitting. You just get up in the morning, sun is just barely coming up, put on a little F Green Bay and just get your yeah. day started. Just get your I day rolling. When uh it was week one or one of the early weeks, like twenty sixteen, give or take, and uh -huh. someone shared the song. And that's how I found that bear down song. And I reached out to the band. I'm like, Hey, I do this bears podcast. Can I use this like the for the intro? And they're like, Yeah, absolutely, whatever you need. And it was funny because like on YouTube, I think at the time it had like you know, like five, 6,000 views total. And they made a whole music video for it, like production and everything. And then you had Chicago Audible, which was getting millions of like podcast downloads a year. And I don't think they knew or even know. I should let them know. Like that song was heard so many freaking times. Like you guys should be proud of yourselves because like that was a staple. I know a lot of people loved it and miss it. And I get, you know, message requests on Twitter or emails like, hey, who did that? Because like I miss hearing it because obviously we don't have that anymore. So uh, I, I would love to, you know, throw do a throwback and bring it uh, the Bear Down song back. Oh, we're gonna need it. Aaron Rodgers is out of the division, dude. F Green Bay song <laughs> is back. Are you kidding there me? There we go. We're gonna love it. To, we're gonna start doing some laps. Uh, CHGO's Will Dewitt. Thank you so much for joining. Believe in Bears. Um, on a personal note, man, you know, so I joined Twitter about a year ago, and I'll tell you one of my my favorite experiences, honestly. Uh, is is involving you and I know that they give you uh, they, they give you a lot of fun about it but you went to that uh, that Texans Colts game last year <laughs> and honestly my favorite my favorite Twitter follower so far has been you tweeted throughout the game um, and you you know you you were imbibing uh, that day and yeah. I, you know what I, I was imbibing that day too as well but just the play-by-play -play, and I just I, I'm paraphrasing right but it was definitely like it's definitely like a what the hell is going on to holy shit this is happening holy yeah. shit this is really happening wait a second this is happening um and then of course uh, a very famous video at the very end and i'll tell you that's it was just one of those days where it just kind of made me say to myself yeah this is what twitter is kind of about i mean i'm not a big i don't like arguing with people i'm not about that any of that life but you were actually journaling the experiences as it went through um and it was great and it was amazing and it was a fantastic day for chicago bears history and i think it was a fantastic day for your for your twitter page as well absolutely <laughs> well thank you for that it's uh one of those days where like i had mixed feelings about like towards the end of it maybe like you know it was great i had a lot of fun but like maybe should attain myself uh, a little oh, bit better but when you stop but when yourself. you buy, when you buy my friend so like i brought my friend who's a big colts guy and it was like yeah. ugh, like 12th row 40 yard line and I mean, we got a really good deal. Obviously, the teams were god awful. Um, but bought the tickets, and he was like, "Hey, since you bought the tickets, I mean, he was just like handing beers over like the whole game. Like, here you go, here you go, here you go." Uh, but I appreciate that. It's uh, so like all of my Twitter experience since I joined, like, and did like Bears Twitter, uh, which was uh, for Bears Brothers at the time. I put all my eggs in that account. Like I never tweeted from my personal account. Like I pretty much just forgot like that even existed. And then after CHGO, they're like, Hey, you should probably try to like, you know, work on that personal account a bit. And it's been a weird experience just to like disassociate from like a brand account. With, Business like, model out, into it, your thoughts. Yeah. And, yeah but yeah, even yeah. like the, the old account was like my thoughts. So it's just weird to like, okay, what was me and what was the brand? And like trying to find like the me inside of it. And I, I think I'm getting there and I appreciate you sharing 
uh, that specific experience as a good one. So I'll keep that in mind moving forward. It's been a, a good journey for the year, kind of learning personal Twitter all over again, but I think <laughs> yeah. I'm getting there. Yeah, but it was just cool because you're documenting something that honestly now is just so incredible in Chicago Bears history. And our hope is that three or four years from now, uh, when we do a pod together and we talk about, you know, can the Bears win another Super Bowl, Will? You know what I'm saying? Like, we can, <laughs> we can look pull back. back to that day, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's literally like a dear diary, like, you know what I mean? Like, kind of moment. And um, I don't know, I just always just kind of remember that as one of my favorite Twitter moments. I run my stuff as a business model, too, as well. Um, I have my own thoughts about social media, which is a totally different podcast. But we got to get you out of here, Will DeWitt. Uh, please uh, plug uh, your socials, plug all the great stuff you're doing for CHGO, man. Um, I'm, I'm so uh, happy for you. I'm glad that we got a chance to meet for the first time. I hope we get the chance to do it again. I'm always rooting for you, dude. Uh, you are a great voice in Chicago sports, and we need more of it. So keep up the good work. Wow. I don't even know what to say. Uh, but thank you very much for those kind words, Joey. I mean it, man. I mean it. I don't. I, you say it. I, I I need some more self confidence, I guess, to really believe it. But uh, you can find me on Twitter at Will Dewitt. My L's mm-hmm. and Will are one, which eleven is my lucky and favorite numbers. So, so that works out really well. Uh, and then uh, CHO Bears is at CHO underscore Bears. CHO Sports is at CHO underscore Sports. And then you can find me on the YouTube channel on the podcast feed. And if you are like an old Chicago Audible listener, that you're like. I've been wondering where you've gone, what's happened. I actually do get a few of those sometimes. Like, uh, you can find us on CHGO Bears, and every single Friday uh, throughout the offseason, Nick and I do a very old-school Chicago Audible type of podcast. So if you miss those, you're wondering where those are at, if you can still access them, check us out on Fridays, and it'll be Nick and I uh, doing what uh, you may remember and uh, something that I appreciate. So thank you, Joey. I, I think I did that. Yeah. <laughs> you did great, man, and you're gonna you're gonna usher us through a fantastic new era of Chicago Bears uh, over the summer. Can't wait to see all the content you got coming out. Today's episode of Believe in Bears is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Make sure you head on over there because you will receive a promo code of fifty percent off when you use Believe B L E A V with that promo code to get that reward. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Thank you so much for coming into this pod. We can't wait to have you for the next one. And remember, even though it's the off season, you can still always bear down. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.